I am so excited to tell you that I'm finally reopening the doors to my Partnerships Masterclass course, which is absolutely everything you need to confidently build successful partnerships. And successful partnerships unlock an entirely untapped revenue stream for your business through sponsorships, while collaborative partnerships can see you reaching hundreds of thousands of potential customers without monetary spend. So they have the power to both make you money via a whole new revenue stream for your business and save you money with your marketing activity, which is so awesome. I have run this course quite exclusively in the past with really small cohorts of business owners, agency owners, and marketers. So I would say it's incredibly valuable if you're one of these three types of fabulous people looking to build a partnership skill set and revenue stream, or you're looking to offer partnerships as a service to your clients. This course is the most accessible way you can work with me personally as well. And while you have a lifetime access to the course content and obviously lifetime access to the skills and relationships you build as part of this course, you're also really not thrown in the deep end at all because I keep the cohort small on purpose so that you get that mentorship and support from me throughout the whole thing. So we're going to get you so excited about the opportunities ahead for your business, super clear on your growth strategy and how you're going to build meaningful and pivotal relationships. It's going to be so good. And doors open on the 11th of August. They're only open for 10 days though. So make sure you're on the wait list so that you don't miss out. We're actually kicking the cohort off on um, August 22nd. So immediately after the doors open, pretty much <laughs> the course begins and the doors are closed again. So you want to be on that wait list so that you don't miss out. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can access that. And you'll also nab some wait list bonuses as well if you're on there. So I can't wait to see you there. Uh, thanks so much for listening and I'll let you get into the episode now. Hello and welcome to Stop, Collaborate and Listen. We are a podcast about marketing, collaboration and business and we're brought to you by Collabasaurus.com, the matchmaker for brands. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stop, Collaborate and Listen. I am your host, Jess Rufus, and I thought I would do something a little bit different today and dive into a few key takeaways from an event. So I don't know if you know, but I was a keynote speaker at Vogue Codes this past weekend and I laugh because I've been nonstop talking about this thing on social media, but it was a massive career moment for me. There were 900 people in the audience. I was up there with some of my biggest business heroes like Kate Morris and Karen Walker, and it was an incredible event all round. It really focused on spotlighting women in STEM fields. So my talk was on collaborations, startups, and launching in the U.S., all of which is a complete blur. I think I was just that nervous that my talk itself has disappeared from my memory. But I soaked up every second of the event and I thought I'd share some of my biggest takeaways um, for everyone who couldn't be there on the day. So without further ado, let's get into it. Number one is that we have a huge part to play in recognizing and owning our value. So the wonderful Maggie Palmer kicked off the day with a fantastic keynote and she also casually launched her app on the day as well, which is 
you know, such a dream. The app's called Pep Talker, which helps you track wins and career impact to help you negotiate pay. And it looks absolutely brilliant. So I'll pop it in the show notes as well if you wanted to check it out. But Maggie talked all about gaps, not only the pay gap, but also value gaps as well. And she pulled up a video of an Amy Schumer skit where a bunch of women meet in the park and compliment each other in a different way. And then each woman immediately rebukes the compliment, shrinking themselves down, and then it kind of repeats again. So here's a bit of an example from that video. But you, look at your cute little dress. Little, I'm like a size 100 now. Anyway, I paid like $2 for it. It's probably made out of old Burger King crowns. I look like a whore locked out of her apartment. Hi. Amy. Hi. Hi. I love your hat. Are you drunk? I look like an Armenian man. People are trying to buy carpets from me. Excuse me, when did you start working? So pretty funny video and I'll pop up a link to that video as well in the show notes. But it rings true because how comfortable are you with accepting a compliment? Because I know I'm not very comfortable accepting compliments. But saying something just like thank you instead of immediately trying to downplay your own value, I suppose, is actually quite a powerful move because it flips that whole thing on its head and really shifts the perception of whoever it is that you're making an impression on as well. So fabulous talk from Maggie and absolutely adore what the Pep Talker app stands for and it's all about. So you should definitely check that out as well. Uh, It's a great tool for business owners, I think in particular, to track wins and accomplishments accomplishments along the way. I mean, I know definitely when a win comes along with Collabosaurus, I have a tendency to just kind of be like, yay, that's great. And then on to the next thing. I don't really bask in that for very long. And having the Pep Talker app, it would be a really great thing to look back on either on a monthly basis, quarterly basis or yearly basis and kind of look through everything you've achieved in that time. So well done, Maggie and fabulous talk. Number two, the takeaway number two is that storytelling is king. So after Maggie was a fabulous panel uh, with Deborah Simon O'Neill of Mode Sportif, Elizabeth Abeg of Spell, Marie-Claude Malat of MCMPR and Karen Walker, and I hope I've got all the names right. And this panel really dug deep into social media successes and analytics. And this was, this was actually such an interesting panel because there were two schools of thought and a little bit of a heat, not a heated debate, but there was definitely... Definitely different perspectives when it came to uh, storytelling versus data-driven insights and social media behavior. And Karen Walker made a statement that really stuck with me, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here because I didn't write anything down, but basically it was all about how if we purely looked at likes and comments and then churned out the same same content all the time based on those metrics alone, we would actually lose the very thing that propels an engaging brand forward. And that is storytelling. And she said, if we follow only likes as a metric, Instagram would simply be a feed of kitten pictures and gifts, which I thought was quite funny. Um, And I loved Karen's take because it was very much about sticking to your own lane and being original, which is really a true reflection of her style. And then on the other side, publicist Marie-Claude, which you may know MCMPR, she represents a ton of luxury brands, very, very well-known brands and does a whole lot of PR and activations and stuff for them. She's had a long career in the industry and she really emphasized the need to use 
conversion data to inform all brand decision making. So everything from activations to publicity, social media and advertising basically stressed that all of it needed to come back down to a conversion metrics and data should be the source of inspiration when it comes to creative ideation for a brand's next move. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Definitely flick me a DM on Instagram at Calabasaurus. I'd love to see where you stand on this topic. Uh, For my stance, I have a foot in both camps, of course. (laughs) I really value storytelling and originality, but we're a software company, so of course we are incredibly data-driven, probably a little bit more data-driven than story driven, if that makes sense. Um, But we definitely use both to inform decisions. And then next on this panel, Lizzie Oberg of Spell really urged everyone uh, to quickly uptake new social media features as a really fantastic opportunity window to reach new people. And I loved this tip. Uh, I've definitely experienced this firsthand. Basically, you know, when like Instagram or Facebook come out with a brand new feature like IGTV, for example, Basically, being one of the first users of that feature is really beneficial for the algorithm because the platform wants to champion users who use that feature early to showcase what that feature is like in action. Does that make sense? It's late at night. I'm recording this podcast late at night. Hopefully that makes sense. So uh, Lizzie cited an IGTV example where basically Spell put up a video very soon after that IGTV feature was released and they attracted something like 200,000 views in the space of like 20 minutes or something crazy. So platforms really want to showcase their new features and so the algorithm is really geared to boost up early adopters. I think that's a fabulous tip. Make use of the new features. And then Deborah, who's the visionary behind Mode Sportive, talked all about her personal brand as intrinsically tied to the business and how it has quite a big role to play when it comes to the design process, building trust with her customer base, and then storytelling as well. And I loved hearing how Deborah has taken store openings really slowly with Mode Sportive. I think in startups, we're quite used to hearing about the fast pace, you know, win, 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 and then this happened, and then this happened, and everything's just very big, very quick. Whereas I loved how Deborah really broke it down into quite a personal story about opening stores very strategically and in a calculated way over time, which leads me to my next takeaway. So takeaway number three is that Rome wasn't built in a day. So did you know that it took almost three years of hustling with Calabasaurus before I paid myself even $300 a week? Not a lot of people knew that. And for Kate Morris, who's the founder of Adore Beauty, which is now a $28 million beauty empire. Empire? (laughs) Gosh, it's late at night. Sorry, guys. Beauty empire. Um, It took a decade to get her platform off the ground properly before she really started seeing you know, a lot of traction. And despite timing being a few years off, Kate still definitely stressed the importance of starting if you have an idea. And I absolutely couldn't agree more. It's better to start now and make a couple of mistakes, learn a lot and build a next level loyal community from the start before you hit it big time. And then Kate Gilday of Estee Lauder talked about some of the company's history and the founder that she, that Uh, Estee Lauder basically gave free makeovers and demonstrations within hair salons when she was starting out. That was for over a year before they um, had a big department store place in order. And she also talked about a moment where Estee uh, would smash a perfume bottle in the middle of a department store 
to basically get people to come over and comment about how great it smelled uh, to prove it was a beautiful scent and hopefully make some sales, which I thought was a really clever strategy. I mean, I don't know how that would go for me if I gave that a shot, but I thought that was a total 1940s boss lady story. And then Bree Johnson, who's one of the co-founders of Frank Body, was also on this panel And they talked about social media as well because they saw a bit of a whirlwind of success quite early, particularly on Instagram. You know, a lot of you will remember how absolutely nuts Frank Body went on Instagram at the start. But Brie really stressed that it wasn't until the brand's appearance in retail stores like Mecca and Sephora that they really felt they hit that big success wave because being first to scale was really important to Frank Body body rather than being first to market. Um, And they really wanted to break free of just being, you know, just that Instagram brand. So that was super interesting as well. And key takeaway number four is don't wait for opportunity, create it, which is one of my favorite quotes of all time. It was on the very first homepage version of Collabosaurus. That was the title. It made no sense for our website, really. (laughs) Didn't tell anyone what we did, but that was the opening line and I loved it. Uh, And at Vocodes, it had its own slide in my presentation. And that's because, you know, Collabosaurus hasn't raised investment at all to this day, but it has meant that some seriously cash-strapped moments have come along in the last few years. And while there were really awful periods at the time, being backed into a corner financially often led to some of the most creative ideas and creative solutions that we had as a company. Um, And really, when I look at, you know, what I've done with Collabosaurus over time and really creating opportunities and saying yes to things, this Vogue talk came about because of that exact thing and a chain of events. So how it all came about is because I completed a three-month program with Heads Over Heels and then I promptly left for San Francisco and did three months with Austrade's landing pad there. And then I got invited to speak at a Westpac event when I was back in Sydney as a result of these two programs. And that's really important as well. And then a few months went by and I reached out to an amazing woman who is one of the organizers of Vogue Codes 2019 on LinkedIn. And it turns out she was in the audience of that Westpac event and she offered me a keynote right there. So I am so glad I said yes to that chain of events and kind of created opportunity for myself, even when we were incredibly cash strapped at the time. And then Samantha Wong and Alicia Geary both were on a panel as well, talking startup tricks and pitching. And they both really talked about the value of relationship building, um, particularly when it comes to investment and overtime and founder relationships as well. And sometimes trust needs to be built over years before a significant investment is made. And relationships, whether it be with founders or investors or mentors, Um, are really vital for maintaining sanity, which I totally agree with, um, and getting ahead as well. So get connecting, keep hustling, say yes to opportunities, particularly when your gut says to go for it. And there you have it. This brings us to the end of today's podcast episode, which barely scrapes the surface of what was an incredible event this last weekend. But I hope it gives you a little bit more of a peek inside Vogue Codes 2019. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate if you left a quick review or rating in your podcast app. It really helps new people find us and means a lot. And if you're not already connected to us on Instagram, you can follow at Collabosaurus or follow me on LinkedIn at Jessica Rufus as well. And a big thank you in advance 
We will see you next time.